Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of HLTV Confirmed Podcast. It's been a while since the last one. Striker, how you doing? I'm looking forward to getting disappointed with the finale of Game of Thrones, basically. Everyone's life revolving around Game of Thrones like it is the sun. Prof, how are you feeling over there? Uh, fine. Just had a late day nap, so I'm kind of groggy and shit like that. Will take a while to get into, into the groove of things, I guess. But okay. still, at least... I'm not going to be disappointed by Game of Thrones since I don't watch it. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I'm a little bit sick and uh, went to the dentist and I thought that there was still something wrong with my tooth. Turns out that she says that I'm probably really stressed or I'm just, my body's falling apart. So uh, really cool. Uh, everyone's up to date. Now, we're going to keep the tempo of this. Hi, Lucas. Do we have the breaking news song? No, we don't. Okay, well, let's keep uh, going the energy high here. Uh, what I want to do is we're going to start a new game because there has been some time between the previous show and this one. A lot of breaking news has happened. It's transpired. So we're going to call out a new series I've just made up on the top of my head spontaneously. These are always the best ones. We're going to call it Yay or Nay now. The three of us, as a consensus, I'll read out a news topic. Let's say me and Prof say Yay. Well, if Stryker says nay to the to the move, well, however I pose the question, he has to explain his rationale, and we go from there. So we're going to be kicking this off with the big one. Phase, get Neo and drop a Dren, yay or nay? Let's start with Prof. Give us a yay or a nay. Uh, I'll actually say yay. Stryker down the middle. All right, Stryker, yay or nay? What did, what did Prof say? I missed it. He, he said yay. He said yay. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm inkling towards a yay too. All right. Well, I'll I'm last, and I'll have to go opposite, so we talk about the topic at least. Go with, I'll <laughs> take will. nay then, and I'll justify the nay, and then you guys can tell me your yay. Now, this is obviously yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate in this situation to keep the go game fun and spicy, but uh, here we go. So I think the nay reason is because I, I'm not sure that Neo is going to be able to bring them long-term success. I don't know if it's going to be something which can come into the team. He's not going to shake things up. I don't feel it's going to be like a fresh vibe still of the older crew um, and, and not necessarily someone. I think they needed to bring something in that was exciting, had a fresh vibe, you know, like maybe an Easter of the world, something to, to get them going. Now, anyway, the guys who actually said yay, give, give, it, give it your crack. We'll start with Prof because that's where we started the yay. Yeah, so like I don't like the move. Uh, like I don't think, I agree with you, I don't think it's going to be any any sort of long-term Why did you say success. yay then? will come from it. But do I think that having a Dren would be any better? I do not. Like, I, I don't think that, like, will would help them in the long term or in the short term. I don't know. So they have this free time. My idea is they want to get Flusha. Like, that is the logical move. And that would make sense. Would look very sexy. Would be a very, like, it would just make sense. You see, it makes sense. But obviously, the guy doesn't want to play right now. So they have this time to figure out, just like try some, someone out, try an in-game leader. And who can they actually get that is a free agent that can just hop on the team? Like Neo is literally the only guy that makes sense. So they're going to try it out, see what kind of maybe, maybe it works out, very low chance. But if it does, they get like a free in-game leader that, that works, which is great. If not, at least they know, like they tried it out and then they know what can work, what doesn't work. Like... They have a better idea and also they they allow Nico to just have a bit more fun and play the game without leading. I mean okay. from my side, the problem is that we've already seen them play, which is which has kind of I because of that I almost wanted to say nay, but just on on the theoretical side when the when the actual news got announced, I was yes, I was torn, but I was 
again, I was more um, towards it being a good move just because of of the style that Neo used to have with Virtus Pro. I, I'm a little bit skeptical as to whether he's going to be able to do it with Phase. I don't, I don't really think so. Uh, but then again, just the leading style, I feel like, would fit them quite well. Um, and obviously, the other side of the coin would be just individual performance because we haven't, like, Neo has been one of the, the worst performing in-game leaders, even out, out of the in-game leaders before he went ver- um, went away from Virtus Pro. So that's the that's the other side of the coin that I'm a little bit worried about. Um, so that's going to come down to the to the other players kind of making up for that lost ground uh, with with Adren leaving the team. That's obvi- quite an obvious um, firepower downgrade. But then again, if we look at if we compare it to to, to Kerrigan and, and the firepower that was there, I don't think there's that much of a difference. Like sure, Neo probably looked a lot worse towards the end of his stint with Virtus Pro, but probably not um, um, not that far off from Kerrigan. Like overall, uh, maybe not towards the end though. But yeah, I- it's. I'm I'm a little bit skeptical, of course. Uh, probably everybody is, but I I can see some some upsides, and that's mainly the the style that he has. My biggest issue is like I I don't see Neo as a genius in-game leader at no. all. Like whatever we Virtus Pro was good, even if he was calling, maybe Taz was calling. It no one ever thought of like ah, oh, it's the in-game leader that's doing such a great job. It was just like the collective worked out well. They've been together for so long. They just have like a similar sense of idea how they want to play the game. So it's not like one guy is coming in and just like setting the tone of everything. That's why I think it's just like, it's not a very exciting move and I don't really see it making sense. I literally rather have like a Cadian join phase. I think he would do a better <laughs> All job. All right, hold up then. Really? Hold up, hold up. But, but is- he's not free, so phase not going to take it. Uh, here's the thing. Everything that you guys have just said, both went with yay. Leans more in the nay category. I don't know if people in the chat agree with me here, but you you're basically saying this is the that best phase could have done considering the circumstances. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. So with that we're thinking about that as opposed to is this necessarily the best move for phase? Like overall, they they probably could have done nothing. They probably could have done nothing and just stayed where they were and waited until a better opportunity. Like if they had to buy Neo, if this has been an investment of them, it's like fuck. Was this really the move that you wanted to to make a, a crack on right now? And that's the I thing. Imagine, I think... Look, I imagine his buyout in Virtus Pro probably wasn't the highest, considering what's been happening in that team. I feel like Virtus Pro it, would not. I don't, I don't think he even wasn't a contract anymore. Like I don't know. I don't know. That's the problem. I, I remember. Well, I don't remember exactly what the latest news about their contracts was and when that came in. But he had something like a like a three year old contract or something, and I don't know when that was signed. So it's kind of hard to tell. But yeah, I don't think. Either way, I don't think Virtus Pro would have uh, would have really stood their ground on how high the contract should have been, probably originally, which was probably insanely high considering the uh, the length of that contract. All right, so this one's neither a yay or a nay. It's a let's wait and see, and uh, this is the best they could do. So we're going to move forward to the next big roster change that happened, and this is one that I know that most of you, the, this one shocked the earth. Everybody woke up in the middle of the night in, in a hot sweat once they heard this one happen, but it was uh, Nato Suffix <laughs> to Heroic. Uh, with oh. Mertz, oh, that Mertz one. Okay. going, yeah, see, this one's going on the radar. So I thought I'd yeah. need to bring, this one happened so subtly. So they went to Sydney and they didn't find too much success and they get home and then two days later they have a roster change uh, and they have Nana Suffix into play for the ESL1 Cologne qualifiers online within the space of two days of traveling home from Australia. Uh, first of all, yay or nay to this roster change? Uh, Striker, we'll start with you this time. I would say yay. Uh, prof? Hard yay. 
Okay, and I'm gonna meet you there. And I think this one we can probably sum up quite quickly. Uh, Mertz, even ever since he's come to the top, has struggled to find consistently on the AWP. Uh, Nada Suffix is somebody who may, you know, he has his moments, um, but he's definitely going to be bringing a solid, consistent gameplay. It feels like. I think I'm just I'm just glad that he actually found the team and and not a not like some tier four team that we're never going to see on on any like notable land or anything. We actually see him play for for like a semi top twenty ish team that actually will get to play at events like whatever Dream Mac opens and and those kind of you know, those they, kind of events that they did qualify for Cologne literally. Oh, that's true. The that's second actually true. day yeah, yeah. that he was in the team. So and he played like. He wasn't carrying them, but he was playing pretty well. So that that's a good sign. Definitely. That's the thing. Like he has been a free since his release from Spout. He has been a free agent in Denmark that I expected to to be picked up um, pretty quickly. It took him a while, but he, but now he finally found something. Yeah, I mean MSL wants to up, so there's no place over there, I guess. But yeah, this this Mertz move, I I don't really even understand why he was removed. Like he wasn't the worst player on that team. It has to be something like within the team or maybe the style that he plays or something as, as what Sponge said, like consistency, showing up on land in a big match. It's something that within the team, people just didn't like and thought like, okay, it's not worth putting in more time with Mertz. Let's let's get uh, Nader Safex. He's a free agent and he did already stand in with them when Mertz was having something, I don't know, I don't remember what. So th they played with him, they know like the players. So why not give him a chance? I think he was really the free agent that should have been picked up like two months ago. But like, I don't know when he left Sprout. That was like a like six months or more from now. So it, definitely, I think a good pickup for them. All right, uh, we'll move forward. Let's get to Dennis to Big and uh, next thing down. I'm going to uh, hit this one with a nay. Uh, Striker, what do you got? Same nay. And Prof? I mean, it's not even it's not even like that they wanted to do the change. So yeah. I can't. I mean, I'm gonna say nay, but it's not like they had a lot of options. I guess they did maybe have more options. If you but... could take Dennis from Sprout, why wouldn't you take like Sirison from Sprout, put him on the AWP, and let Tabson go back to being more of an all rounder? You know, give the team a bit more of the solid roles. That definitely would have made a lot of sense. But yeah. who knows if if that was an op option if he wanted to go? I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. But. Then again, I don't know, but that seems to me like the only logical explanation that that Sirson either had too big of a too big of a buyout, uh, bigger than than somebody like Dennis, I would imagine. Um, there's there's also like kind of a bromance between Dennis and the and the big guys. Like they they are pretty close, and Dennis was their target even before they got Smuya, I think. Like they they really wanted to add him a couple of times before, even though it didn't make sense. It didn't seem like. He was the guy that would propel them to the next level. So I don't know. They just had him on the radar. I feel like for a while. It just I seems think. strange that there's no up and coming talent in Germany. You know, like every other one seems to have like this prodigy kid. Uh, like we're not even seeing any of that. I know there's talk about Faven, but obviously if he's blowing the th things up, we'd be seeing him in the you know in the spec in the spotlight a little bit more. So I don't know. It feels like this is. Big now are just kind of run of the mill, right? Their skill ceiling, you get rid of Nex, well, you, Nex has to step down for whatever reason. And I think like their skill, it's all based on Tabson and Zataras if he can learn any language. Now, like there was always Nex was that flex, that third potential to step up and then they could have a really good series. I don't know if Dennis is going to be able to do the same, you know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not really sold on the firepower definitely of that team. You have, Den I mean, Dennis isn't the Dennis from Mouse Sports. I feel like he's been playing better in Sprout than he was in 2016 with Mouse. But 
combine him, Gabi, and uh, Titian in the same team, I'm not really sure that that is like a winning combination for big. Because I mean, it depends where you see them, but looking at them as a top 10 team, I don't think that's really a good combination. I mean, especially with Zantaras not being not really being at his peak uh, with with his team, at least not so far, and it's probably going to take him a while to to get there, considering everything, considering all the problems that he has had. So yeah, I don't see, I definitely don't see Tapson and Zantaras being able to carry this team. All right. Yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah, someone in chat, uh, Gelmir, did uh, point out that I me messed up the heroic Cologne thing. They are playing avant-garde, but that match wasn't played because ah. someone was sick. So Stavon had some health Stavon was sick, so they postponed the match. So that is like the two of them are in the in the fight for the last spot. Avant-garde, All, right. All right, next breaking news item. There's another yeah or nay. Hobbit to NA. Prof, yeah or nay? Like... <laughs> Will he even get a P1 visa to live there? I Definitely very, not. I, I get a big X doubt on that. So I, I think I was speaking to someone about this the other day. I just that was my same thought. The initial thought was if if Gratisfaction and Ricky and you know those kind of guys are having trouble getting P1 visas, it's going to be even more difficult for somebody like Hobbit to get a P1 visa. And not only that, who who even wants him? You know, like I'm like it, it's probably a good player to have in terms of consistency and experience and everything like that. But for what it's going to cost an organization to get him over there and to get him set up, and, and we already heard language issues with the Hellraiser's roster, it feels like it's more than an investment. It feels like, you know, they're, they're bailing him out almost, you know, of a, of a tough spot that he's in. Now that Adren's gone again, Gambit is basically fucked. May as well just get the trio of Adren, Moe, and Hobbit back together and try and fucking do something with Kazakhstan. Get um, Krizen, who's been thrown out of uh, Avangar, and grab someone else, see if you can get something like local going. Yeah, I mean, I think the issue with staying in CIS is the org, like who is going to pay them anything. Uh, obviously, Gambit is kind of falling apart there. I feel like the, the money side is one of the reasons. So if they don't have an org, why are they going to stick around? So I mean, they literally have a youngster team that is higher ranked than the, than the, the original roster, which is, doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, I feel so like I think... so. Like the NA, NA thing, Hobbit did put out a post and I think the way he like described the teams that are potential potential teams for him in NA, it's literally envy and complexity. So complexity having visa issues on Ricky, so I guess they want someone to just fill in that spot, but then they're going to get Hobbit who might have the same issues. Seems weird, but okay. And then as well, the, the envy lineup with I think JDM uh, rumored to go out and Nifty to be the opt-in game leader so that Hobbit could fill, it, fill in there. But I don't know, it's not a team I'm really excited about right now. But it's not like Hobbit really deserves a better chance maybe considering like his, his recent uh, performances well, in Hellraisers. We know that both Envy and Complexity have money. So if anyone was going to be throwing it around and looking for an upgrade, you know, it could be yeah. either of those teams. Um, Okay, so the next thing, and we're going to dive into this one a little bit more, uh, was to do with the changes to the economy that we've seen coming from the more recent updates. Obviously, h.tv.org now in terms of the events are in there and the fact that uh, you can go and you can select an event for June that you'd like to see featured. Uh, just quickly on that before we get stuck into the meat and potatoes of it, a while ago where there was rumor um, of Valve trying to, wanted to like, they were put out like tender, I suppose it was, to events and they had to meet certain criteria um to 
you know, apply for and your that their event would have been featured in the client, but it wouldn't have actually been a major. You know what I mean? It would have just yeah. been. Uh, but obviously that never happened for whatever reason. Maybe they couldn't, you know, decide who deserves it. Maybe they couldn't line up a way to do it in terms of monetization or whatever. This way, it's quite cool. It's they're using obviously your API so they can see all the events, and uh, then the people at home get to choose what event they're looking forward to the most to be featured in the client uh, to show the rest of the world. So that's pretty cool. Um, the money change, I guess, is what we'll we'll dive into first. First, yay or nay? Anybody against this? Um, nay, yeah. I'm not against this. <laughs> So we all yeah. we all think this like I know when this first. We've happened, been talking like, about this yeah. for about something like two or three months now. The thing that's pissing that... me off more than that is the fact that the players now like are still like are still just realizing that it's still shit. Like they're making these like revolutionary tweets. Like, well, if so, someone better say it. You know what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I was sitting there at breakfast with teams in Sao Paulo at Blast, like going, "Hey, you guys can like see the theory of this money game being shit, right?" Like explaining them the reasons why the better team on a comeback is going to get like fucked, or like if you're if you're leading in the first the the two worst spots to be is if you're leading by like seven rounds on a map. Uh, and and it's a CT side, and it is a CT sided map, and then you get really close rounds for a, like a slew of those last few, and you lose. You get money fucked, and you lose the half. Or you even if you lose nine six on some of these CT sided maps, you're still fucked. Then when you flick on over, if you don't get off to a good start straight away, you have a, a tough hill to climb. Even if it, like, and if you have the first half and you get slammed, let's say you lose like a sixteen eleven, uh, sorry, an eleven four or something like that, and you have to come back on the second half. It's going to be so impossible if you're the CT side and you keep having 1v2s and shit because you're never going to be able to, like, you never get a chance to breathe. You're always fighting for your life. If they break you one round, that's it. And that's just, to me, it's still fucked. It's still, like, just, it, it, it's still worse for the team that's winning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw Liege come up, well, come up a bit. It's something we mentioned here as well as a, as a potential uh, solution to the whole issue is just remove the 1,400 loss bonus, right? And we're basically... We're basically where we want to be because then we don't get double ecos or anything like that. We we will be able to just get an, an eco in and then you'll be able to buy the next round pretty pretty handedly. So I feel like that would be just the easier solution. Also, just because of how it's kind of complicated to figure out like what kind of loss bonus they they're at. Obviously, it's it's in the um, on the scoreboard or whatever, but but it's still I mean, kind of f tough to figure out. Like when you're in the moment and watching a match. Um, like, are they going to get money fucked here? Are they not? You just have to wait for the round to to, uh, to start to realize how impactful the previous whatever happened was. So that's that's the one thing that I didn't like about this the, this system while watching the matches. I just remember being uh, in Sydney during the group stage, standing in front of a team while they were playing a match, and they were like, "Oh, they're eco now. They don't have any money." And then one, <laughs> one guy is like, "No, no, they, they have enough to buy." Like, no. But they won't have an op. Surely they won't have an op. And I'm like, I open Twitch and just like look at the stream and they have like 6K across everyone. Like they totally misread the economy just because like the, the whole new update and how, how it works with the plans and everything. People just misread it totally. So at the moment, it's still not really something that people understand, I feel like. Okay. So we're all happy with where it is now, but we still think more adjustments are needed. Um, and what about your guys' thoughts on this in-game integration? Obviously, you guys work for HTV.org. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's hard. I'm biased. To, I yeah, think it's, it's hard not to be biased here. I mean, I think I think it's pretty good for the tournament organizers. The thing, whole thing that low-key was added later, uh, I mean, mentioned later by Valve, is that 
the the tournament that has like the most likes or follows in uh, in june or some month will be featured in the client in some way like with some more integration i feel like so that is a a, a way that the tournament organizer are going to promote the game like in-game content people will be more aware that that exists then people will go and click follow then the follow thing will pop up and people when you, when the match is live you just as soon as you launch the game you just see like this match is live so you click you watch at least five minutes while you're waiting for a queue on matchmaking or some shit so not not just having like hltv as in oh people go to hltv now because i feel like it's not going to be that big of a difference people that want to go will go either way but just for the streams and for general people knowing about the competitive side i feel like it's going to be it's a pretty that's, good addition. that's definitely the big part just because like sure there's majors featured but that's only once every six months or whatever it is um and so you don't really get that repetitive like reminder oh, oh this this game actually has a competitive side so for people who don't know about that side of the game um they will just get constant reminders of of, of tournaments and stuff like that so yeah. that's just a big thing that could definitely help out with with viewership just kind of grow the community and, and everything so definitely a good move yeah someone also tweeted about like the the local side like the smaller scenes let's say some guy from france or not france maybe some smaller country let's say croatia doesn't know anything about the local scene you go into the watch tab there's some land in croatia you're gonna click you're gonna go and watch like what the fuck is going on because most of the people don't know anything about the competitive not that competitive scene in your country right <laughs> like most of the casual players don't know shit about it so that is a, a good thing as well i feel like that can help like smaller organizers as well it's just overall a pretty pretty cool thing i don't see any negatives to it hope i mean would be cool if it was added like two years ago but we are here where we are and now valve is ready to do these things that i feel like pretty pretty sick changes and updates recently but what about our operation you know that's the real question for everybody at home but I mean, uh plebs want operations maybe just give it give it to them they like the con sometimes it's a bit of fun but uh, all right, what we're going to do is now we're going to load into Counter-Strike. And some of you may have heard me uh, speaking in recent times. I've been talking about Vertigo and changes to Vertigo. And I've been working with a guy called uh, Lizard, the guy that made Abby on some changes. Now, these changes are in very raw form. I just wanted to show you guys so they can talk through some of my concepts here. We can have a bit of a back and forth on it all. And then from there, we will uh, get back on the normal runner show here. But remember, these changes are very crude. And they're more concepts that I'm talking through as opposed to like, this is definitively how, how things are going to be. So I got to okay. see we're in the game right here. So uh, on the CT side, we want to adjust the CT spawn so it is actually closer towards the A bomb site. Right here, they look like they're still in similar positions. So that's one that I'll get him to be fixing soon. But let's head over towards uh, the A bomb site, Lucas. So I guess I hope that we're on time with Lucas here. So yeah, okay, we are. So the A bomb site I haven't actually moved just yet, but we're going to run into it. I want to actually move it further back. Uh, towards more this section here where Lucas is in right now. But we're going to push on down towards the ramp. Now the new timings. Head down towards the, the ramp position, Lucas, and I want to show the people of what I want the timing to be. I want you to be able to push as a CT, keep going all the way down. So you take the stop, you take this line, and you fight down into that room. So that will be kind of like the T's start swinging out from the bridge position as you get to the back of the top there where Lucas was for like an AWPA to fight for control of this room. Now you can see some box changes there. That's just because I think the forklift is a really ugly thing for people to have to fight around. So changing it so that it's not as clunky. Um, and also, I want to remove the height of that box right there in forklift room because uh, people can sit on top of it when people drop down behind through the elevator shaft. So those are some little changes. But Lucas, just go up to the top, back up to your left-hand side. 
look towards your left here. So we've taken off, turn around, the construction, the scaffolding, that scaffolding there, oh, right. right in front of you. So we've taken away one of the, what's he doing? Turn around. He's, he's, he's turn the around. that's the problem. Like you're three seconds later or something, that's the, that's what, just like okay. above the ramp. Yeah, that's right there, so, the 51 thing. Yes, okay, so this here, we've taken away one of the, the yellow tarp points there because that was so many angles to hold for an orper on a more passive line. So now, you know, you're gonna get a little bit of a sneak peek beforehand, probably even strip back more of it, strip back all of it right there. I think the top tarps should be gone. So those angles aren't as, uh, aren't as shitty. Now, Lucas, go back to that stairwell where you're at. Go down there, give everybody a little bit of explore. That what you were looking at towards the top of it. I want you to go over there. Yes, so this is the new path that I've added to the A-bomb site, and this is in, meant to be done in the same theme as like a squeaky door on, oh. on, uh, on Cache or like a, a, a door on Tuscan that comes up on the backside of the site. Now, what I think is important is the fact that the CTs obviously need to spawn closer, but fighting for this forklift room, which is in front of Lucas here, will become the main focal point of the A-bomb site. So the forklift room where it used to be is what we want to duel for control for. The CTs to get to the top early and the Ts want control so they can cross over and have two ways of going up on towards the A-bomb site. So this is going to put the focal point on controlling this room. Now there's already some smoke flashes and molotovs that you can use to push down and go for control, but it's the spawn that allows the Ts to get very close and the CTs don't get good duels. So it's bringing the Ts back so that the CTs can take more of a fight and they can also fight for control of this room down here. So this is pretty much it towards the A-bomb site. Lucas, if you want to, these, these props over here, this is the main change. These props over here need to be changed in this room to be a little bit more functional, but that's cool. We'll work that out. Head over towards B, Lucas. All right, so some of the things over towards B, uh, the site has been moved. I've moved it further back, or Lizard's moved it further back and got rid, one of, rid of the big aircon generator thing. So one of them's been removed and the bomb site's been brought further back. Now, I think that if you think about most maps, there's always a map with a bomb site that you can rush straight away. Dust to its B, Mirage, you can do the same thing. You can flood out B apps. You know, it's an all in, it's the Hail Mary strat. Well, we'll keep it similar and we'll keep Vertigo and B the same, but we need to move the bomb site back for a few reasons. Now, the reason that you need to initially is because the T's actually need to get into a position to be able to plant. They shouldn't be given free plants all the time. And Vertigo promotes a lot of that with the timings. I also wanted to open the bomb site up a bit more because it was quite cluttered. And this here, <clears throat> one of the big things is Lucas, if you turn around back towards the stairs, this isn't completed yet. Uh, and just the best way to explain it when we do look at the stairs is that I want the high level of the stairs, so back there where the 51 sign is, to all be the same top floor. Oh, we can hear a fucking... <laughs> there's, a, there's a child in the room. We want that top floor that where it says 51 all to be the same height. So the stairs are going to come up and it's going to bring the tees up to the top level quicker. Now the reason for that is so that the player can sit in the B bomb site with an AWP and not have to take a headshot duel. So right now, as you come up the stairs, it's basically just headshot jewels for the CTs to defend, which is very difficult to do. There's so many positions on the ramp that they can fight from. If you bring them up in a straight line, and then they'd be where Lucas was standing on the backside of that ramp, they'd already be at that height. And then there's those props, Lucas, right in front of you. Um, to There's the window, I guess it is. The window drop down is that extra bit of prop that wood added. Now, the reason for that, if you go down to the lower section, is so that somebody from middle can actually jump in that window and then a, and a, a T who's defaulting can't sit down the bottom on all those really you know tight, hard to clear angles because that position as a CT is now very difficult to clear as you come out. So these are just a, yeah, so now it's gonna be a fight that's a fair fight. No one can go down the, go down the bottom, Luke, off the, off the top of the stairs, drop down to the, and try and look up towards that window position. Yeah, move, move forward, straight forward and fall on off. 
Yeah, there you go. Now look up. So now that angle, oh, right. they can't, can't fight it. that anymore, right? So now it's fair. And also was thinking of adding a ladder up to the left-hand side where Lucas is. So there's like two, you can come up two different angles, but one of them, obviously, you get punished for heavily if they're there. So these are just some of the real simple changes. Obviously, um, things need to change. But the biggest concept is the spawn timing towards that A position for the CTs and fighting for control of that forklift room. Anyway, what are, you guys have got any thoughts on, on overpass of a scene get played a lot? I like the the um, like the addition of a new pathway towards A. Oh, boom. Um, because it kind of gives me like a cobble vibe on on like A site and and how um, what is it called? Fuck, we haven't played, we haven't seen cobble in a long time. I don't even remember what it's what's called. Well, just the the, the um, fuck hallway of of um, in front of A, right? Um, you have the pit position, and then you have the, oh, the hallway next to it. Yeah. Um, is that Matrix? Yeah, Danger um, or whatever people call yeah, it. Yeah, but that's that's giving me like a similar vibe where you have like two different entrances and more of a, an area to fight over uh, from both sides of of, of, um, of the map, like from both T's and CT's. So I like that vibe to it for sure. And just generally the, the A side not being as super um, one-sided as it, as it used to be. Not one-sided in terms of like CT or T, uh, but just like there being only one way to enter the site and and, and, and fight around it with just like a fucking one smoke um and like diffuse fights in that smoke and shit like that um that's the the most annoying part about vertigo i guess right now with uh with a better access towards b also being a, a really good addition so i yeah i agree with all of, of what we've seen so far i think i think the extra entrance is something that we should not put in instantly like the a ramp changes and like some b changes should be put in first so we could test it out and see how the how the game develops because the things that i think are bad on vertigo right now is that it is a part down to teams and a part down how the map is how map is made is that no one is going for flanks like on the a ramp like people stay on the a ramp with five people they don't do like they do some i don't know mega simple map control towards b which is if you do stuff like that on any other map people would read it instantly and they would just like push, they would overload it, do, do stuff. But on Vertigo, people respect everything too much. No one goes over like CT side, aggression, like mid round, info play, stuff like that. In part, because it's kind of hard and people can be hid, hidden in like 10 different positions and there's just like one guy on the lurk can kill, kill your like offensive CT guy. So just simplifying some of the things like you did with the B, uh, like the B ladder, not ladder, the stairs area, just like shut off half of it so people can't hide like in five different positions underneath the stairs. That is, I think, a good idea to, to start off with. And then just like change that A ramp so CTs can actually contest it. Yeah. Be it that, that is the number one thing that we need to do. So then we see how the map develops or how the meta develops, how people can actually take mid control and do something with mid control because that is not almost not used at all now, which is, I feel like uh, stupid from both sides. Like CTs never use that. I mean, they do go for the drop, but not even that often. And they do it at the so, wrong, wrong times. I feel yeah, like. that drop, that drop, especially if you want to flank A, that forklift position with the tall box, if you yeah. honestly sit on that tall box and somebody drops, there's even if they know where you are, there's no way to flash them out of position. There's no way to Molotov that guy out of position. Literally, all you can do is drop down and hope that he's not there. Because if he's in that position, I think I could train a fucking 
I, I could train a dog to sit there and press the mouse button when they see something fall on the screen from that. But that's how simple making that frag should be. Like that one there is in the book of Counter-Strike as a fucking sitter. If you can't kill that flank kill while sitting on that box, you've really, you've really fucked up. Like it's your first day on the job. You know, you're still learning what, what the jump button is. You got no fucking idea because like that right there, I think is so overpowered. If you remove that whole box situation and then you can drop down behind, yeah, more flanking, I think, and contesting that. My biggest problem is right now, because I've been playing, like I've been home for two days now. I think I've probably played, you know, maybe 15 games, games of Vertigo. I know it's not high level stuff, but I'm just trying to work out timings and this. And the level of investment of utility to just contest versus normal T's map control is so hard. You're talking like two, three Molotovs, you bunch of HEs. And then if you push and get control, then they or they can always just reinitiate. Like you're not actually taking any territory off them, and that's one of the things I think needs to change. The CTs need to be able to contest territory and play more transitional on at least one bomb site. I also like the fact that like on A you will also have like decent crossfire setups for like post plant scenarios or even for uh, for defenses just because of that extra angle that you basically create with that extra pathway. So that's that's the one thing that was just so frustrating to watch every single time on A where people just like shoot through smokes. And the, back and forth and and that's basically how you uh how you win a post plan situation so that's the that is a really really big part just to have like an extra angle that people can hide hide in and, and utilize for for those post plans okay yeah. do we do we have anything else on vertigo we want to cover yeah i think we covered the the basics to not go into too much details because we didn't really see that much overall yet Okay, well, uh, coming up next, we have the GG Bet Master Better segment brought to you wait, by wait. GG. Can we just do well, yeah, one thing? One yeah, more thing? Yeah. Uh, just touch on the the minor invites and basically what it means for Cloud9 because I feel like that. Oh shit! At we least don't have that me, here. Yeah. At least for me, that was um, that was kind of a surprise because I didn't catch how how Starlittle revealed the um, the rulebook and the discussion around that. So for people who missed it, basically Cloud9 got invited to the America's Minor. And that's that's about a week after Starlitter announced the um, the rulebook. As I said, I kind of missed that part, um, so I'm a little bit late on the train. So I, I hope people um, are on the same uh, are in the same situation as me, as they don't realize what actually happened. Starlitter actually added a rule into their rulebook that prevents teams from 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 doing well, what, not what Cloud9 did because they actually had a health issue, but just generally from from swapping a coach for a player for any reason whatsoever. Now it has to be some Cloud9 Golden type situation where a player either has a visa issue, some sort of an emergency um, or a health issue where you can swap a coach in for a player at a major. So now that's that's not going to be possible for the Starlitter major, which means Cloud9 can't really utilize that loophole anymore. Um, they would, yeah, somebody would have to get sick for them to be able to use that or they would have to bring back Kyo, um, Kyo Flusha or Zelsis. Zelsis for, them, yeah. for them to be able to maintain the majority of the roster, the roster that actually made it to I think 11th to 14th place in Karavitsa. Um And kind of brings up a question regarding Hellraisers, who obviously don't have the same uh, majority as well uh, with, with losing Dead Fox, um, uh, Woxic, and Hobbit. From, yeah. from IAM, Karavitsa also would have been eligible for a spot if they had the majority. So uh, that's, that's another question that this kind of raises because they would either have to bring back one of those three players um, Dead Fox being probably the biggest possibility. We already talked about that when we um, talked about the changes in Hellraisers. Um, and yeah, that's a that's a big takeaway for me. Yeah. I mean, 
there is no nothing has been revealed about the Hellraiser situation yeah. and they do hold one of those uh, closed qualifier spots if I'm not mistaken right they made it into the I don't know but they're not in the in the in the minor closed qualifier anyway it's in right. Europe it's Fnatic North Windigo Valiant Heroic Big Mile Sports and Optic so that's a very nice mini tournament right there and it's gonna be gonna be pretty interesting pretty stacked yeah yeah it's gonna happen every time now what do you mean es especially when we have oh, north, the europe north yeah. fucking up and losing us europe the yeah. most the strongest region uh losing us a spot thank you very much mr <laughs> uh well let's hope that doesn't happen again uh i think it's good that hopefully the rules aren't being bent to uh the the I, it, it, it feels kind of scumbaggy. Anyway, I'm glad that it's not being, you know, the rules are, are now, you know, kind of clearing themselves up or maybe Valve could still step in and, and give us a rule where we don't have to worry about people uh, having to make those kind of plays anyway, adding a, being able to use a sixth or something uh, at any point. That'd be nice. We always talk about that. feels like a pretty simple change not to have to use the coach. Just to clarify, this is coming from Starlighter, not Valve. And apparently Valve are okay with it. Otherwise, it probably would have been in, in, in the rule book. But yeah, we, I'm not entirely sure if we can expect it for, for future majors, but hopefully Valve will kind of learn from this and, and realize that that's the way to go and just to make it an emergency type thing, uh, not for it to be there for, for, for any use whatsoever, like whatsoever. Okay, well, now we can move forward to the next piece Let's of go. news that we had going, which was the Master Battle brought to you by GG Bet. Sponsor of the show here, Hedge TV confirmed. First of all, we'll, before we get underway, if you're going to gamble, do responsibly. Only if you're old enough in your respective region. And if you have issues with gambling, just Google gambling problems because the internet will fucking help you out with that shit. So anyway, uh, as you guys know, if you tune into the show, Prof versus Striker, toe-to-toe -to -toe in a warfare to see who can predict matches better. Uh, who are we going to start with this time, Lucas? Yeah, let's see. Let's see let's, where we're standing. I think I, I won my last bet again. Okay, just, so just that's a that's a cavern that has now been opened. Before it was, it was just a little creak of the door. You know, you enjoy going to bed with a little bit of light coming in. That's what was it. Now it's it's a it's cavernous. Now you're a little bit worried about the uh, the gap here. And uh, striker, what do you got coming our way to see if you can close that? Well, I hope. Something a little bit more reasonable than what Prof has coming. I don't know what that is, but I, from from what he was saying, it seems like something slightly crazy. So Look, <clears throat> I only I went for LAN matches. I'm not going the Prof route and just doing for online matches because I've been burned too many times to bet on online CS. I've only done it when we literally had to. Like whenever I had the chance to bet on online matches, that's what I do because online CS is random as fuck. But somehow Prof has been able to um, to take advantage of it. And just find some bullshit odds on teams that that, that are like ninety percent favorites, and it have like one point five odds. Just th thank well, you very much. Who, who, fucked, who fucked you last time when you got uh, the last the land? I matches. don't remember what I had. Something about blast, right? Have oh yeah, wasn't that? Oh no, I I think that was the Astralis one that they lost to Ents. I think that was one of them. That uh, wasn't even a bullshit way I lost. It's just like the way that the tournament went. Yeah, I think. Um, just, da, 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 da. So just oh yeah, Astralis Sense. Astralis Sense is the one that fucked me over. You are just bad at predicting outcomes. Well, so to be fair. honest, Astralis right. Sense, that was a little bit... Well, whatever. 
Let's okay. go. Let's try Strikers slip up, and we'll go to Prof second because uh, Strikers the one who's going to have a lot of ground to cover here. Sure. I mean, I went for Ants to to win both games against Renegades and um, oh yeah, uh, against Renegades in CS Summit. That's fair. Uh, which is about to start in a couple of days, May twenty fourth. You can see that on on the right because Renegades obviously have have um, don't have their their full lineup yet. They, they will have uh, Smoya playing Ooh, for yeah. them. Still, and for that, one point four odds actually seems pretty pretty decent. Honestly, I, I like those odds a lot um, for yeah. for ads who just won a big tournament and and obviously are are coming into the that event as as probably the biggest favorites. So, I think that's not a big surprise. Navi to beat big. That's ESL Pro League, um, the second group. So again, big just changed lineups. Navi. It's not the first game for Navi. They're playing. I don't remember who they're playing first. But it's not the first game. This is the second, I think. Yes, so, I have the same the Navi big okay. game I have as well. Yeah, so that's the second game for Navi. I don't. I think they're they're pretty heavy favorites against the big that just changed lineups and and are probably not going to be looking at their best um, something like a week later. And um, last one that Ben, that's the one I'm worried about is Cloud9 to beat United, also Pro League uh, in their group. They also have Ghost there. Um, only enough, they actually had better how odds against you, Ghost. I think. How can you? convince yourself to bet on cloud nine i don't know i don't know man. i just i felt like this is some this is the type of a match that i don't see cloud nine losing still um sure united have been well they've been kind of up and down i just don't think cloud nine should be losing this no matter what the united are not okay. a team that should be losing to on a, on a local um, scene so but yeah i am worried about it just because it's cloud nine i've been uh, a little bit skeptical say the least about them just overall but on the local scene i feel like they're, they're going to be doing all right and just beating these these like sub top tier teams um fairly handedly so that's what i went with something like a four Fair. point odds overall bet a max bet which is 95 yeah. overall like a 95 yeah. bucks so the max so bet always decent. gives around like 400 euros winning so that is well it depends kinda... on the odds obviously you get but 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 the max it's limited oh, okay. right, depending right, on the, right, right. On the odds right so it's always around that 400 500 uh, mark i feel like okay so bring bring in my bets please i'm just curious i know lucas bit. lucas hates heard, me because I've heard i things oh dear yeah because it broke everything but what can you do starting with some online online jewels uh specials from prof prof's kitchen windstrike to beat youngsters the Asha plus Polish youngsters. Hudson's in there. Oh, Polish youngsters, okay. Jed QR and um, a couple of uh, goofy other guys like that. They didn't do anything yet. Winstripe to... And it's a best of three as well online. So why not? Uh, Ago against... I don't know how to... (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce the L thing in Poland. But this is a uh, ESL Poland match. And for some reason, Ago have a 1.45... Uh, odd on them to win against a team that didn't even win like against uh, Izako Boers and stuff like that. So I'm that's easy in in my uh, in my book. Then I went for heroic against Big because Big is playing with uh, as we know Dennis now. I don't I don't believe in that team and especially in their first match ever. So I think heroic has the has what it takes to to beat them. Then we have uh, optic against an IP online and IP needs one win. That's ECS, right? Yeah, they need at least one win to qualify. So I think they should be w- winning against Optic that are essentially playing for nothing, playing maybe to stay in the league. I'm not even sure. We'll talk about that later. The EPL ECS thing is kind of 
pretty weird. Then we have uh, Ghost against Infinity. It's 1.07. I feel like that's just but, that's but infi fuck. it's Infinity. It's Infinity on the other. It's not really a great team. Let's just keep it out. It's I mean, South, I understand the, the point, teams. but for like 1.07, that's just like a. It's just to spice it up a bit, you know. Okay. And then uh, to finish off, I have the Navi Navi big game as well. So. Okay, that's well, uh, that's totally. been the end of uh, profiswackassshit.com. You don't know where you're going to get uh, deals like that every day of the week, but uh, you had a couple of bangers in there. Look, I think the fact that Prof digs super deep on his research just always always sells it. You know, you know he's gone. He's gone. He's he's peeked under the covers. He hasn't just like looked at the matches and gone. Ah, he's always he always looks like special, Prof. Something special. Uh, by that you mean like tier four online CS. That's Look, when you see works. an Argo against that, that is that is whatever. Weird, yeah, I didn't even go into the the, the the Polish championship because. And also, it's like fifty euro investment. So even if I lose, I'm not losing much, and I'm a shit ton ahead of you. So I don't really have to do yeah. anything right now. Uh, Understandable. So yeah, it's all it's all on you, man. You want right. to avoid eating that shit, so well, step just up your game. These fish are going to be quite tasty. We've got a double or nothing bet. If you've missed it, well, you better fucking tune in when uh, Strike has to eat these fish because it's coming closer and closer now. But that's going to be it from the Master Better segment brought to you by GG Bet, proud sponsor of the show. And remember to gamble responsibly. Don't gamble anything you can't afford. Don't rage at pros when they lose games because someone has to win and someone has to lose. And just don't be a fucking cunt. You know, sometimes give your mum a call, say, mum, how you doing? That's it for the betting segment. We're going to move forward now to Ents breaking the Australia streak and taking them down in the grand final of Blast over there in Madrid. Now, first and foremost, for those of you not following, Australia's were on quite a big nuke streak. That was going to end eventually anyway. Um, I think the overarching topics here that we need to cover are... Do we see this as a decline for Astralis? Do we think that uh, do we think that you know the negative press has had an impact on them, or do we think this is just a, just a low period for them? Still, still the Astralis era, still going to get back to business. They have to be in consistently before we can we can go against that too much. I, I would, yeah. Sponge, Sponge missed out on the opportunity to clip his uh, thing from the last episode where he said like. Australis are gonna lose. The negative press affected them, and then I like, took a pause and said, "Like I don't really think it. I'm just saying it to say it. You you missed on the opportunity." He said he said it. they were gonna go out in groups, though. I think I'm ah. pretty sure he said something like that. So unlucky. I said, uh, I, "Who knows? It doesn't really matter. They still didn't win." Um, sure. I I think that the negative the negative effect of the press probably you know is is eating them up a little bit. You can tell with some of the snippety kind of tweets that they send out there to the internet. Um, obviously, going from, you know, like the best team in the world and everybody talking positively. The only thing people were saying that was bad was that they played boring to then being like, well, you know, having this been, whole bandwagon some, behind them. They've been through some the of smoke that as well. situation, the, the yeah. smoke situation. And the, there's been a lot of backlash towards Glaive, especially, or even Zipex around that. So I feel like, I'm not sure. I don't think the, the, the bad press is affecting them. I, we've seen that happened before and i think in much well maybe not much worse it's actually been kind of a little bit overblown with how how people have been reacting to to what astralis have been doing in in prioritizing so yeah it's been a little bit overblown but at, at the same time i felt the same way about the smoke thing and that was a little bit more aggressive i i think and they they just flew past that without any issues so you do have to look at more about their confidence just in game not not necessarily connected to anything external like this and and then maybe a little, losing a little bit of the mojo because of 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 how 
how they've been organizing these breaks. So maybe we're just gonna see like a, a bit of a different approach where they just like will try to get some more momentum, like another win at a big event, and then then just get back on the horse. I don't think this is this is a massive issue for Straws, but at the same time, like you know, them losing a nuke streak that that they've been uh, on for some like a year, um, over a year I think even, and them uh, losing a couple of tournaments in a row now, that's something that we wouldn't put next to Astralis like a couple of months ago. Like this is this would be um unimaginable for them to lose like a nuke streak to to even to a team that um that doesn't even play it as as one of their main maps. It was something like fifth maybe Ence's fifth best map or something like that, somewhere along those lines. Like probably towards the bottom rather than towards the top. So that's that's a little bit of a worry, but yeah, I I feel like it's just a confidence thing that they're gonna bounce back. Thing is I think the discussion here is we all know that on the top level, a lot of it comes down to the mental game. I mean, we've, we've been talking about Liquid for the past year. Obviously a good team, good players, they play the game in a good way, but they can't win. Like, it's obviously a mentality thing. And now we have Liquid literally going to IM Sydney, winning, which could not be an easier big title. Literally could not be easier. They get They get their first big win there. And then at the same time, Astralis are not there, they decide to skip it, fair, but then they go into into Blast and then they lose. They lose the Nuke Shriek, they lose the final 2-0, three maps to Ents actually, in three different maps because they lost on, uh, I don't remember, I think Dust 2 or something. Dust 2 yeah. was the first yeah. one, yeah. So, so now we see a lot of like negative stuff being talked about Astralis and then they had hit like this, it's not a bad streak, it's a bad tournament, but the, also the last tournament wasn't that great because they also didn't win, this is the first time they didn't win two in a row since Marseille, right, when they started winning tournaments. So they lost a lot of this untouchable kind of mojo around them. And that's something that I feel like other teams and players have been literally harming themselves by putting Astralis on this pedestal of being a perfect team, doing everything right. Not now when that is out of the window, I'm not sure it's going to be that easy for Astralis to just come back into it and start winning again. Because if, if you lose that mental edge, the other teams will will have to kind of punish you on that. Yeah, I feel someone else needs to beat them in a final, though. You know, like a different team. So it's not just like they've lost to Ants, and sure they lost a couple of like best of ones to you know the likes of MIBR and stuff in the yeah. previous blast. They need to go into ECS or EPL and get beat down. Like maybe you know struggle to get through semis or get to the grand final and lose to Liquid or lose to someone else, and then at that point it's like yeah, it's over. That's that's them. They're done. Like, because even if they can come back and raise the bar again, this period of time has been quite lengthy without a trophy, right? So if they don't get one at Pro League or the ECS Finals, which are both coming up very soon, that's that has to be it. Like, you know, they could go on to win the next major. That's cool. But it's been a blip on the radar. This has been a bit we have to look at and we have to take this chunk out. Well, we're not just going to forget this part of history, right? This has definitely happened and existed like this. Um, let's just see if they can kind of... I think I, I don't think it's over yet. I think it's too soon. But if they don't win the next bigger tournament, then that's where I think we start to look for trouble. But obviously, we need to reflect on the way the Ents approached the game. Um, Ariel had, you know, the MVP level performance that he had. I think that everything was clicking for them to have two consistent days like that. We haven't seen that since their, you know, their major run since then. That was kind yeah. of the same thing where everything was clicking. And they went into this match with Astralis with a lot more confidence than they had the first time. Remember the first time on that train game that they had in the major final? It just felt like they were scrimming, man. Like they were just doing whatever. They were just so loosey-goosey. 
like you felt like they were fighting the pressure by playing with what felt like, like what seemed like no pressure this time around they felt like they were structured they knew what they wanted to do everyone was on point everyone was clicking it looked like a really solid unit i think the important part uh, regarding the nuke uh nuke upset obviously them are crushing the streak that ended by the way one map away from from tying lips record from from back in 2013 so that's yeah that's obviously a big scalp and i don't want to take anything away from it but obviously you have to consider this from astralis's perspective and and how much they actually probably weren't able to practice nuke for the past probably months few months at least and you could kind of see that in the game as well not not respecting certain angles with the aug which obviously didn't come in until like late 2018 and since then they they barely even play nuke so that's the that's the big part that I saw in in the game specifically, and why Ents were able to to get such a big CT side, which was basically the the biggest part of that entire uh, of that entire upset, because they got something like what was it eleven rounds I think on the CT side, which nobody else got against them ever on Nuke already. So that was already a hint there that that Ents would be the ones to to break the streak, um, and yeah, obviously the, they had to do it on the T side as well and just get those five rounds, but. I felt like the, they, they did most of the job on the CT side where, yeah, Astralis were just not respecting the, the correct angles with the AUG, especially outside, like towards Aerial and, and Garage and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah definitely a little bit of a rough um, showing for them, but that's, that's just because of, of a lack of practice, I would, I would assume at least. Well, like one of the things we always going back to Astralis, though, just because I feel like that is where the discussion naturally flows, but what we said about Astralis in the past is like they win these rounds when they have disadvantages when they when the map starts wrong like against the, this new game Ants was obviously it was kind of an anti-strat early on they're pushing a lot like ramps ramp lobby yeah. doing some aggressive plays just ca catching the Astralis guys off guard and then when they got the the lead then they started playing a bit more defaulty and just like holding the angles Ariel was doing like sick work outside as you said but in the past, they would get over that. They would somehow magically end up with like the six rounds on the T side of Nuke that they need to, to come back and stuff like that. But this is just one of the times that we didn't see that happen, which doesn't mean anything. They can still do it at the next tournament, but it's, it's interesting to just notice that and see then how it develops further. Will they be able to kind of go back to the old Astralis where they just dig themselves out of the hole if it's needed? Or, or is it this going to be kind of the the downfall where you see them kind of struggling with that and needing to reinvent and do something new. I don't know. All right. Well, I think we're all pretty much on the same level there. There's only two other teams who went to this Blast tournament that are even worth gracing our lips. And uh, that would be that of the Ninjas in Pajamas and Na'Vi. Obviously not making the grand final at a tournament like Blast. It kind of, it's kind of like just blah, whatever, right? So uh, the grand final is what you all go to those ones for. And... Did Na'Vi feel a little bit flat to you guys? Obviously, they got absolutely owned by Ents on that Mirage game, if I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the opening, opening game. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was a part of that was a part of it. We we knew from the start there would probably be like the the top two spots, top three spots, basically would be among Ents, Na'Vi, and Astralis, and we assumed Ents and Na'Vi would be um, would be the game to, that that decided, and then basically it was um, the problem for Na'Vi was the opening game. And that's the hardest game that you're going to be in. Um, and obviously, then they also threw it away against Astralis, where they had a pretty um, pretty sizable lead, I think. At least they were up like 13-something, 13-8, or am I just thinking about... No, yeah, they were 13-12 at one point, at least. 
and they were looking in the in the driving seat and then Zeus made some questionable play I remember that a uh, couple of questionable plays and that lost them the map basically on dust too so yeah um, they definitely threw away that win against the Strahd that I think would have been enough for them to place in the final I don't exactly remember the how that would have looked but i think it was would have been enough for them to make the final so yeah that's I, not great but then, then again yeah opening game against Lens was basically the one that decided it so it's just a classic like they finished middle of the pack on a blast event they had one or two bad games and that's it you don't really bounce back from it it's impossible so especially well, they when basically you have, have one bad game and that's the opening game against yeah. Lens. like i said yeah. like sure they should have won against the straws probably um, but in the least... end, they lost to like Ants and Astralis. Yeah. Were they shit? They weren't really great. They weren't it's like whatever. Well, oh, no, they actually on. lost to an IP as well. I forgot about that. Well, they lost oh, yeah, three games. True. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there was two, three. That's why I was thinking about whether they made the final or not. They probably wouldn't have. Uh, all in all, like I, I don't really make a lot of it. Just that like, was the last game, though. Yeah, I, I remember now. That. that was the last game where Navi were already out of the final. So yeah, you have to question about how much they were in that game in the last game against an IP that they lost pretty pretty big as well, 16 yeah. So They were yeah. definitely trying against Astralis though so that's the yeah, one that yeah, I, sure. I would look at and that was a 16-13 so I think, you know, Na'Vi they're still just exactly where I expect them to be NIP taking uh, it to Ents on Nuke, I guess that's a curious one, I, that shows you what kind of uh, <laughs> a coin toss we're dealing with there um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's Giants not much to say, also but... almost beat Ents on Overpass, which yeah. is interesting. They almost beat Cloud. Well, almost beat Cloud Nine. Almost beat Cloud Nine. Well. Destroyed yeah. an IP somehow. By the way, I don't understand how that happened. Ah, uh, um, Muteris. Well, yeah, he had a massive game, but still, that's just like that's that's the game that you should never lose for an IP. But that's just an IP. I feel like. Uh, but I, you know how Blast has that uh, rule about quality of teams or something like that. There's, <laughs> It's like Cloud9 really pushing that, really testing that rule if it's going to be ever like used against them with the quality of games they've been putting up, literally barely beating Giants. It was, I think it, it was 14-12 or something for Giants. They probably should have lost. Cloud9 probably should have lost that game. Pro yeah, yeah, probably should have lost. But they managed to beat them, so congrats. All right, are we done with the uh, Blast event? Can we yeah. just get automatic out of this hellhole, by the way? Oh yeah, yeah there's one more thing about this event. Oh, one more yeah. thing about this event. I won the fantasy once again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah mine was really rough. Did I remind you of that? Once again. Really really I think I was third. Ah, nah. I can't fall. Nah, let's you. not pull it. Nah, yeah, let's pull it out. It would be That's like the, the list of like titles for Daenerys. Like so many titles for, for Prof. Yeah. Dennis gave me a bunch of points. Automatic did as well. So good job, good job. Dennis bouncing back after the infamous interview with Striker where he said he doesn't know how to play the game. <laughs> what he a comeback. Have, I, I think he didn't have a great games outside of that one though. I mean, it was okay yeah. overall, I think. It was alright, yeah. That one didn't go great, did it? Yeah, but automatic obviously playing good. I think uh Maybe grab supplies from Ghost and build around a team around Tim. Give him, give him a chance. But yeah. uh, let's move forward. We're going to get stuck into the EPO and ECS nearing their ends. And uh, I guess one of the things is we could talk about the formats in review because this is the first time we've seen both of these formats in review for both these TOs uh, at, at this juncture. For those who aren't aware, uh, EPO or ESL Pro League is using four groups of... Um, 
four teams in a round robin environment. And over there for ECS, for Face It, they're running a, a bunch of cups that last four to five days, I think it is. And it's a eight team single elimination best of three bracket that gets filtered into by a thing called the Pinnacle Cup, uh, where teams like Avangar, et cetera, have qualified to play within the main league. Uh, and then the finals, obviously, ESL's Pro League has 16 teams and ECS's has eight teams. All in all, uh, which format do you, which one have you liked better so far for this season? Striker, we'll start with you. I mean, it's pretty obviously um, EPL just because it's online. Huh? That's the main part about it. Obviously, it being um, round robin, just coming back to round robin is not a big, I'm not a big fan of that. But then again, I understand something that you brought up several times that that it's it's obviously gives them a little bit more content gives gives them more matchups more time on stream i so looked at it the only huh? thing i looked at it if you just do a eight if you do a four team double elimination bracket you get the exact same amount of best of threes just, just one of, of the teams yeah. don't play three days they just play yeah. two and the team who has to come from the lower bracket has to play two best of threes on the same day but actually yeah. that is probably a good amount of weight to put on having to come from the lower bracket anyway you should have a restriction before going into a best three final so i was thinking about it i think the esl should change it to a double elimination um and then that way you're not gonna have anyone complaining about the round robin and you're still gonna have exciting matches um on a lot of the days because people still need to fight for last place and then second and third are obviously very important because we come back with the secondary play weeks um so in the double elimination you have the same thing so I think that ECS have done a fantastic job of bringing some excitement back to online CS, though. There were certain of their games that had 80k plus viewers, which was, was really yep. cool. Yeah, was I mean, I, I, I don't agree with Striker. In my opinion, ECS was the more interesting league to follow, like just match well, to yeah, match. Well, yeah, in interesting, was, yes, uh, but was, I'm just generally talking about the LAN format. That's, but, that's kind of swaying me, right? LAN, I think that's kind of overplayed in, in one regard. Like, I don't really, as a viewer, I don't enjoy watching EPL because it's on LAN any more than ECS. Like, I don't get anything. There are a few, like, camera shots of the players, and but it doesn't really give a real LAN vibe. Like, you don't get that level of, like, in-game ca like cameras and shit like that. It's just here and there you get a camera of a fist bump. Like, that doesn't change how the game has been is played for me at all. Like, But, I mean, it's kind of like... The, I to me, it felt like like another group stage of some kind of big event where there's obviously no um, no audience to help you with like audible audible cues and shit like that. Um, but still, felt I like the land to me. It's if, just not not a big the, playoffs or whatever. Obviously, if the format was a double elimination, something like Sponge mentioned, and there was weren't this many like pointless or semi pointless yeah. matches, then maybe I would enjoy it more. But like the cutthroat. Uh, thing that ECS has for me, that's that that's the shit. Like I enjoy that. You know, if you lose, you're out. There's no like, ah, oh, but maybe if this guy gets one map and 17 rounds on two, like no bullshit. Either you win or you lose. It's all on the line. This except, this money thing, yeah. Except money thing the money really thing. Out, though. I mean, it kind of did because now in IP and Avangar actually get to kind of fight for it because they Avangar just made it back thanks to Force kind of dropping out, which is. I don't know. That's kind of a, a bit of a bullshit, um, just because at one point an IP already were already basically in, and then everything changed with Avangar. And I kind of like that the fifth cup actually has some kind of a point to it, as opposed to NIP just literally having to play one match, not even have to win it to be able to go through to to the finals. So yeah, I that's the bullshit part about it. That that like the last week of play is literally just about the line prize money, or can be. 
just about the prize money. Um, but yeah, just generally, sure, I agree. So you'd I, just like to see them do uh, just four cups and their four qualifiers, something simple like that, right? Probably, probably. Yeah, I guess either that or just make something up. I don't know this this money thing. The idea was okay, but I don't think in in practice it's really hard to get it right. Like you really need to tinker the amounts of money each match gives you, every placement gives you, so it ends up being competitive until the end. And the fact that they had so many teams play the tournament because like the first two three cups didn't have like any of the like Astralis played the first one. But then half of the top teams, other top teams were missing. Then the two, second and third cups, all of the top teams were missing. Yeah. So you had all of the money being distributed all over the place. And in the end, it doesn't really mean much because you have like one guy with 5K, other guy with 5K, and one guy that finished second has like 7K. So it's kind of kind of useless. I feel like in inherently, the end, inherently, this is just always not going to go to the favorite team. Like this time, it actually kind of worked out with an IP. Uh, now being kind of favored to or in the first place so far yeah if they manage to win against optic and they will but then again just because of what you're saying because of like a lot of these cups missing a lot of top teams and them not featuring the same um set of teams every single time they feature like a, such a wide variety of different teams that basically like the team that's maybe around like fourth in line or fifth sixth in line who probably wouldn't have made it in like those four if there was just four cups and four winners they are in a favorable position just because they played all the cups or, or, or something like that. I imagine that's um, that's something that, that ECS would probably have to address a little bit. Unless it, they did and they actually didn't invite some of these teams back and they just made sure everybody had like an equal kind of opportunity. But I'm, I'm not sure if that, that's what happened. I would have to go through like each cup and figure out how much everybody played. But somebody like Avantgarde, just look at them, right? They're them being in a really good spot right now. Well, really good, maybe not really good, but they uh, they probably will end up second very close to qualifying for the finals and they definitely yeah. weren't like a top four team in that league so i mean they they came from the from pinnacle cup right they, they yeah, weren't exactly. even in the league originally so but they did finish they were the first team from the pinnacle cup well, that's the I, issue like the, you're never going to get like all the top teams like across the board if you allow them to to not participate in every single cup so that's the that's the issue I think yeah. if you if you want five cups, let's say if they really want five cups, my idea is something like have the three first three be the same as they are. Then number four, you have another cup with like whoever wins it goes into the last cup, which is they change the format to be like a climber cup style or something like that, where like the best ranked team is needs to win just one best of three to qualify, and then you have like fourth pl plays against fifth. Then the winner of that plays against third, then the winner of that plays against second. Or maybe or maybe winner you of that would plays just against put, first. Or maybe you would just put like the, the the eight teams that basically haven't qualified and are at the best money and invite them to the last cup instead of like already in like determining that, I don't know, probably weeks, months in advance or something, yeah. who plays in each cup. Just after those first four three cups, um you get decided like um how many teams um or which teams are through and, and which teams have earned the most prize money and just take the eight teams that earned the most prize money, put them in the fourth cup, and then then have them play for yeah. uh, for the winner of. I think of, the, the, of the just the, the idea that you can have you can reward teams that play each cup and in yeah. that way you'll get the favorite team. I don't think that will work in practice. So I don't. Know, I think they just need to scrap that completely and have 
like the cups as cups as they are. Whoever wins goes through, and that's it. All right, what do you so, think, Mr. Sponge? Uh, I think there's a lot of finagling that can happen. I think you know, obviously, we they they want more for more content. Like it's the same thing as before, so they could easily you know add in another another layer. Um, but I agree with you with the money thing. It doesn't it doesn't make too much sense in terms of that. But we always thought from the beginning um, that we might find ourselves in a position where ETS would be hampered by their format. I didn't necessarily think it would be in this last week scenario, but I just thought it would be, you know, maybe teams that are skipping them won't qualify. And we have had that. If we have a look at the teams qualified thus far, uh, we have Astralis, North, Vitality, Complexity, Energy, and Furia. Uh, So, you know, they're really looking to hope, I I guess they're looking to hope and get like a liquid locked in from the North American side of things. And then NIP. How possible is that, by the way? That is is possible. I think they just need to win. But don't they have to win it or go to 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 the final? Yeah. They need to win it against MIBR, something like that. Like them and MIBR in kind of in the deadlock situation where MIBR is in the lead. So if they end up at the same level, the MIBR is going to go. And does does MIBR, like let's say Liquid actually go out in these semifinals, does MIBR have to win it or something? No, I, don't, I, I mean, forgot. I forgot how. I don't think anyone else is. I don't think anyone else is close. I don't. But nobody else has a chance than, than MIBR and Liquid. I imagine. Yeah, so it'd be nice to get it'd be nice to get Liquid there, um, just yep. so that you know we have Astralis Liquid that kind of carries the names there. NRG and Vitality are kind of you know those teams that are always prodding from that same yeah. kind of level. Um, Complexity North and Furia all pose like a real decent dark horse threat. Like they could just have that game, that you know that one or two best of threes in a row, especially in this kind of format. So getting Liquid in and NIP in that really brings the level up, and then you'd hope you'd be really hoping that your top four is almost Astralis Liquid NIP, and then maybe. Yeah, maybe like vitality, maybe yeah. So that's that's not too bad when you I look think at all of that. If Liquid doesn't qualify and like MIBR has one of their bad events, Astralis win this for free, literally, and they get another event that they won that really isn't contested at all. It's like okay, like they won an event, but did they beat anyone good? Like they really didn't. I mean, to be fair, Astralis are not exactly the the team that they kind of cruised through these tournaments and just got free wins unlike some, somebody like MIBR who well, well not MIBR at this point but maybe I like mean, what, what I'm trying day. to say this is literally is this any better than winning a blast if they win this yeah sure I agree it's not it's I mean it is but it's, it's for not. fucking half it's basically the the second best thing that we have after EPL and after majors obviously but this the basically prize the, money the yes. rank is yeah, yeah the rank of, of events basically now it's it's is um, majors then EPL uh, then ECS and then like any other big event, the IEM Chicago type. ESL I mean, one. in in reality, it's it's majors, ESL one Cologne, and then other stuff. Like yeah, some, Star something series, like that. But just like well, EPL, I feel like is is above any other big events just because of the prize money because that's a pretty massive step up. So so sure, like the way that teams qualified or at least before this was somewhat bullshit, and in the way that that a lot of these spots went to teams that probably wouldn't have made it in, in like a LAN environment. Uh, but at the same time, they always had a like a solid set of teams. It's not like they, those were any. I don't remember an EPL that was a bullshit event where it only had like one favorite outside of Astralis. Obviously, like Astralis were too big of a favorite not to consider them big. But still, Na- I just never thought that there was a bullshit event. Navi never even played one of these cups, right? Well, they weren't even yeah. in ECS. Yeah, so like they weren't yeah. playing Pinnacle Cup. So, you know, they're kind of a little bit limited there. I think if yep. we reflect right now on what's going on over uh, at Pro League, so we can look at the two. For their finals, they have uh, Detona, who qualified from the Americas region, um, South America, obviously. 
best team with VSM, uh, Liquid Luminosity and NRG have all qualified as well. And then we've got Tyloo coming in from the Asian region, Australis Phase, G2, Mouse Sports, Fnatic, and Hellraisers. The last two just picked up spots the other week. Uh, then we have the options where it's uh, the side of things for Europe. The Group B will be kicking off on Tuesday. Big, Heroic, Navi, and North. Do we have any preferences there? I'm obviously leaning towards uh, Navi and, and Heroic there. No, I think North I've given up complete hope on and Big as well with the new roster. I feel like it's just like if Navi doesn't go through, it's going to be a big disappointment. I think. Yeah, they that's they need basically to be the, going the through, bo- yeah. bottom line. Yeah, I think they that's the same with lose, Fnatic and Group A. They shouldn't lose to anybody here. Like they they should just cruise through this with three wins in a row. Obviously, it's still Navi Navi of opening games and shit like that. If you can call this an opening game, I imagine it, from their point of view, you definitely can. Because at this point, it's basically like a mental issue. I think it's not. It's nothing about like being um, in the right. Well, maybe not in the right mindset, but, you know, prepared enough or anything like that. I feel like they would have put so much more focus in it if that was the case. So I feel like it was more of a mindset issue or or, or some, some type of a mental thing that they just go through every single time or like almost every single time. So unless something like that happens to them, I don't see, I don't see them not placing first in the, in the group. Look, if they don't qualify for this, they have a month and a half without the LAN event. Because Cologne is there. By the way, they can thing. even they can even lose the opening game potentially. Like, sure, they could end up in some sort of a tie-breaking scenario, but they'll still end up in first or second place. Well, it's like what happened just with uh, oh, Fnatic, yeah. right? Fnatic lost their opening game, and then they still topped the group. Yeah, it, yeah. it ended up on the last day with all the matches being one-one games. So yeah, yeah. it was kind of cool how that ended up there. But we, yeah, I think Navi added his good ends. Obviously, can't qualify. Um, G2, they had a bit of a miss, bad showing today. Phase, we can't put our finger on. So this is another Ends. one that'll probably. Yeah. Ants can't qualify and won't be able to qualify anytime soon. Ah, uh, that's right. They pulled out of Mountain Dew League. Uh, I think that's quite an interesting decision for them to have made. Um, that's, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Considering, do you, do you want to give the context they have of this? Summit, considering they have Summit, I, I guess they just didn't have the. It was just too close to the event for them to drop out of that instead. But still, I feel like that was a, a bit of a lack of organization. Uh, ahead of time on their part but obviously they couldn't have known that they were going to win a blast madrid and stuff like that they couldn't have known they were going to be this great when they probably um probably locked into into summit so but like what does what does winning an event have to do with pulling out of a different event or not well i'm just saying i'm just saying they probably went into summit thinking they could just get like a title there and 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 get some more um recognition from that um, or at least go like maybe into the final considering Liquid is there as well. And then they thought that was going to be like a legit event. And that obviously, sure, it's still it's still the case. We're going to talk about it later because they actually have some decent teams. But considering what the what it costs, um, that means them dropping out of dropping out of a chance to to make it into Pro League. Yeah, not a great decision. I feel like that's just down to bad organization. M- must be, must be just like oversight in terms of booking yeah. events and uh, accepting invites to this and that event. Like, uh, I understand that it's, uh, it's I don't know, it's good to go to as many events as you can and like good events. Like Summit is like, as I noted, it's like a low-key pretty good event in terms of teams that are there. But you're just giving away a chance to qualify for Pro League, which 
when you qualify, it's very hard to just be relegated from it. So I think I think it's a bad move, honestly. It's also just uh, too big of a um, like. There's too many good things coming from from being a part of that pro league um, set of teams because they're just, um, especially for a team that actually has a chance to go into the finals, right? Um, not not a chance. They would have probably been favored to make it into the finals at this point, at least. And we assume next season they would as well. So it's just like for them to just say no to to all those good things that come from participating in pro league, whether it be like the main part, the well, the what would have been the online part, but not like the group stage or whatever. Um, or the preliminary stage. I don't even know what to call it at this point. But just the league and that into the finals is just too too much to, to say no to. Like yeah. my, my only explanation is maybe if the playoffs or like the relegation matches are being played in some time that Ents won't be able to play, like something around the majors or stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't think it's the case, like because it's it's weird. I, I just I, I don't agree. I, I disagree with the, this decision, definitely. Okay. Well, I think that probably wraps up the chat about ECS and EPL until we have the last week's conclude. I know the team's locked in. Um, can we move forward to the next one? Mouse Sports winning tours, which uh, just went down this afternoon or early in the evening. Now they did so by uh, taking down uh, Valiance in the grand final. Uh, G2 were, played Valiance in that semi there, and Mouse Sports played against Avangar. Uh, I think we could probably just talk about mouse sports and how quickly they've got their shit together. It seems like they've they've picked a young group of guys who are all quite keen and on the same page. And uh, you know, Chris J and and Carrigan are both at the same point. They're very hungry to put together a squad that's going to win, right? So it seems like they they all have their heads screwed on right, and we're getting some very good signs out of these guys very very early. Yeah, sure. It wasn't the prettiest of wins, considering they actually lost to Valiance in that group stage in the winners' match. Um, in the group stage and pretty big as well on us too. They they didn't even seem to have too much of a chance in that match. And then it was a pretty close game in that grand final, despite them not not even losing a map, but still it was two double digit digit games. So just not the prettiest, sure, but still obviously they were the favorite team. They they should have won and they did, and it's still a good still a good thing for a young team like that. I agree hundred percent. They did kind of wreck Alangar in the semis. Yeah, like, that's true. not like it's not like they were struggling. They beat Windigo. Windigo took 17 map, 17 rounds on two maps, and like everything except that Valiant's loss in the group stage was pretty, pretty legit. Honestly, everyone was on point. Chris J was like the best rated player before the grand final. Then Robs took over in the in the grand final. Like everything exactly as we want from this team so far, which is pretty weird. We don't really get it often. Like. You look at it on paper, this this is what could happen, and it really is happening. Like yeah. That. We're really getting down, a good I feel workload. like it must be down to like Kerrigan and how he set this up, because obviously he's kind of the glue of the team now. Um, as the in-game leader, I mean, that's pretty obvious. So, so for him to be able to figure out a system that fits every one of these players, and it seems to, seems to do so, maybe aside from, well, Frozen now, but maybe towards the start, Frozen didn't, probably didn't feel... Too comfortable with uh, with this, this the, the system just because he was playing a new role, but for everybody else, I feel like it was just like lock into a great role for them and just a role that they're very used to. So for Frozen to be able to to just get used to this as as quickly as he did with uh, Sydney and obviously with this, that's also a great sign. So just generally, I feel like everything about this team makes sense. It's yeah. great that they're actually putting in the work and and being able to to live up to what we kind of expect from them now. 
Um, and yeah, that's it. Well, they've got three stars there, right? Like, you've got to think about this. It's very clear where everybody fits into the equation. And uh, it's good to see Carrigan getting a lot out of ROPS. He won the MVP for the tournament, at least DreamHack MVP. Uh, I assume it's probably the same as yours. Um, I don't think we... Well, actually, probably yeah, wouldn't sure. do one because of the teams there, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think this is the this is the one yeah. that we skipped. Oh, one of yeah. those that we skipped. Uh, I think worrying signs for G two feels like they can't just catch a break. They lost a fucking map to Ghost with their stand-in coach James. Yep. Like Jesus fucking Christ! You've really got to start wondering what's going on here. They lost their opening game to the French Frogs in overtime on Nuke, and then they lose losing a map to Ghost with a stand-in. I was watching what? that game. I was starting to worry. I was going, "What the fuck's going on?" This is not like you're losing to FaZe with a stand-in, to Astralis with a stand-in. Like, <laughs> Ghost, like, I like Steel. I think he does a great job. He's a good, good player. I think as an in-game leader, he does a great job. But these, this is not a great team. This is just like an okay team. And you, they're playing with a coach, literally six frags per, per map. That is what he's putting in. Like, he cannot frag anything. And I, no blame against him. Like, people that talk shit about coaches having less than 10 kills in a match. You're idiots, so just please chill. But this this was pretty this was pretty disgusting from G2. Yep. All right. Well, uh just I, G2 I... are basically like the starting to become like the Virtus Pro equivalent in France where we should just shouldn't probably shouldn't talk to them until we see something very good coming out of them. Although at the same time I feel like Amonic is actually coming into into his own in this team at least probably a safe tournament. He yeah, yeah. He seems at, at least from the games that I saw. I, I think I saw a couple of their games, the ghost one being one of them. And there he was just solid overall. And just from from the stats, looking at the stats from the other matches that I didn't see, he was just solid um, from from start to finish. So to see that, especially how he started when he played, what was it, Charleroi? I think it was their first event with Demonic. Yeah, he started and there, very was, bad. Yeah, he started pretty badly there. So I feel like for him to to come into his own at the second LAN event that they played together. That's pretty important. So at least some good signs coming out of that team is just they're they're lacking the consistency that they need to to kind of rival um, some of these like top ten ish teams for for titles at these events. What do you guys make of Valiance? As I'm kind of biased, so I'll I'll leave my opinion for last. I think they're like threatening um because they have players who have like relatively high skill ceilings it's just i don't see them very often all clicking at the same time it always feels like someone's having one of those carry performances it's like today in that mirage game like uh letney he was fucking beasting was it was it mirage was the game before that's two that's two not mirage yeah the the first oh that was against g2 that's right the overtime game feels like forever ago now he just went fucking like god tier mode where he's like normally one of the middle of the pack type fraggers right so uh, and then you see that Hunter have one of his games where he just fucking wrecks heads. I think that, you know, they've got their head screwed on straight in terms of their approach to the game and stuff. It's just maybe consistency, maybe just more experience and time. I don't, I don't know. Then they're, they're not, they're definitely like a top 15 team in my mind, considering the, the way things, the lay of the land right now. I have like two, two main issues with them. First is still the in-game leading stuff, because even though now Nexa is like calling, he's back to calling. I think he can call for a team like this. But at the same time, after one game, I don't know who they played. I think the second map, second match they had, uh, Emmy did the post-game interview. He said like, oh, "I was calling the whole game, like, because at yeah, DreamHack events, cool. at DreamHack events, people forget, but you can t- the coaches can talk in freeze time. So he was talking the whole time in freeze time, giving like 
ideas, what to do this round, what to do this round, like how to do stuff. So that is, if you take that into account, put him in an ESL event where he can talk like four or five, six times, depending on how many pauses are called throughout the game. It's not the same thing. So that is, I think that's a big still issue for them. If they don't go, go full, like full into Nexa and Nexa accepts that and just like goes into the in-game leading stuff. And the second thing I think is auto on the op, like totally like hot and cold. It's not, it's like a Draken kind of a thing, but it's not a 30 degree angle. He just misses stuff and then has like totally weird positioning, decision-making in one round. And then next round, he's like totally on point, great positioning, doesn't miss like anyone. It's like, I, I don't know what's going on, but that, uh, like inconsistency there i think that is a hindrance if they want to go even stay like a stable top 16 15 team got any straga i mean not really but well, props said it all i think uh the part about nexa taking up in-game leadership that was a long time coming i think because they didn't really have any other option outside of making um changes i don't think hunter is the type of a player who would just take it up on himself full time and he didn't seem to from, from any of our interviews with him in the past couple of months. So I felt like Nexa was just the, a fairly obvious pick to go into that in the leadership role because he was just like the only one with actual experience being a full-time leader. So I just, that was just a pretty logical move to me. So, so to see that at least start to come to fruition, that's a good sign going forward at least. Uh, I have also like, I have a solution for Valiance. And I'm going to mention the guy the second time in this episode. But it's not going to happen because of the salary, I feel like. It's okay. Kadian <laughs> as the in-game leader op. Or just in-game leader. Instead of just, whom? Instead of Otto? Otto would be the, the classic example, like the obvious okay. choice. But could be anyone if they don't want him to op and have Otto op. Okay. okay, interesting choice there. Then they're all you're, speaking really, English. you're really going on this kidding thinking, thing, aren't you? He's thinking hard about this one. I, I just like, feels like a player that deserves to be on the team, like has qualities to be on a team, but maybe just has, doesn't have a good position right now, in my opinion. I guess. All right. Well, we're going to move forward to the final topic we've got for the evening. It is approaching the summit. Uh, CS Summit 4 is coming up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in just a few days. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, it's a tournament that goes down in the realms of LA. Always more of a casual vibe. The viewers at home, you guys seem to like it because it's quirky and it's like relatable. And it's like, hey, they sit on a couch too. And it gives you guys that kind of vibe that, you know, we all do the same things in life. Um, so what do you make of this? What do you make of this format that they have? I wanted to uh, I wanted to throw everything I owned out the window into the swimming pool because before their format was double elimination bracket, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The only the only organizer who who does a double elimination yeah. bracket online. The only one that gave us. And they you know, just dropped that. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. And it's fan. like it's like it's best of twos as well, right? Well, it's well, it's like two best of ones, more yeah. accurately, but well, still, it's. That, I would prefer to put needles in my eyes than <laughs> have to deal with like the bullshit there because. The way that you justify doing two best of ones or a best of two is like it's some dumb veto. So somebody's having more of a choice in a map. So you get like yeah. two one-sided games. And it, it's like just, 
it's just like for fuck's sake like well, why are we wasting time with this why don't we just do like a format where it's cutthroat it forces the teams to win this is like if you just want to be on the air man like this is what i hate about it if you just want to be on air you just want to have like time field then you know fuck it let's just play best of fives every game or some shit if you really want to take up a lot of time just the other format was like quite competitive and cutthroat and this one here is like you get to play a bunch of games but even if you don't get to play a bunch of games uh you know you can still you can still play in the final and i like I literally look at the i just linked the format to our producer maybe he can put put it up you look at the you look at the schedule it's a four-day tournament and literally the only day i want to watch is the last one because it's Three days of best of twos or two times best of ones. People use the use the wrong term anyway, so I'm gonna use it as well. So half <laughs> of these, that, the half of these, half of these matches are not gonna be important. Like even if they are important, they won't feel as they are important because you don't know what they're like. What is the meaning? Like what what is this win or loss gonna impact in the grand scheme of things? Because uh, yeah, for people that don't know, it's six teams. And four teams advance. So two teams are going to be eliminated in the in the round robin group stage, and four will go on to play the. That's playoffs. the opposite of like, cutthroat, basically. Like this you, is literally a league on land. <laughs> Why is this a thing? It's like a it's like a fat blast. It's a double blast, essentially. I can understand it if they wanted to do like seedings, but then to do it like this, it, it doesn't make sense. You may as well have uh there's a a format yeah fuck it. i'm not gonna get stuck into this now um it's not not don't not a topic it. for now nah it's but like even if, if they still use that i know it's it's shit to have six teams and play play like a elimination like a bracket but at the same time they they decided to have 16 i did not decide i literally have like two random na teams to come in and have eight teams and play the the format that they had before it was perfectly fine. I don't. I do not understand this. But okay, if they want to have sixteen, just have like some form where I don't know, like the two, like Liquid and Ants are one step ahead. They're higher seeds else. in a bracket. Yeah. yeah. So you need to go into them, but everyone's still in the upper bracket. Everyone can like go down to the lower bracket and have another chance to 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 participate, move on. Like, why is this a thing? Like, I. Like I was hyped and then I looked at it again and now I'm not really hyped about this. <laughs> so other than us not really being hyped, if those of you who can't read, which is obviously some of you out there, maybe some of you people listening on the hltv.org audio only podcast from anchor.fm slash hltv. Anyway, uh, we have Ants, Ghosts, Liquid, NRG, Renegades and Vitality. Let's hope that Ghosts can play with their full roster. Renegade's obviously not doing so, based on the tweets I can read from Smuya. Feels like he's going to be taking part in Summit and then probably Dallas unless a miracle happens. So Renegade's just a complete write-off in this one, so we really only have to focus on five teams. Um, and so obviously going into this, you know, just beating Astralis and Liquid, the team who we all think are the one two could potentially consistently be the world's best team. That'd be a really cool, interesting clash. I hope that's our grand final. I hope there's no fuckery and we end up with them on the same side of the bracket, which is possible with this fucking that's best of two nonsense. Yeah. Very, very they possible. Ends could, Ed's could easily lose like one map to Vitality or Energy or something and then and then end up third while Liquid beat yeah. everybody or whatever like that. So we almost immediately well, cuck actually, ourselves if, they end up if third, We don't care if they end up first and fourth. Or second and third that's the that's that's the the issue right 
Yeah, I think for me, there's four teams here that excite me a bit. Ants, Liquid, NRG, and Vitality always want to see more and hope that Tarek can actually be integrated in and NRG can seem like a you know a consistent threat of a team. I feel They're getting they, there, I think. Yeah, they're, they're on the up and up, that's for sure. Liquid need to, to follow up their Sydney win and they need to start being more decisive. Uh, sorry, they need to be more... Uh, it, their victories need to come in stomps, right? Sydney was great up until the grand final for them. They need to make sure they're taking away the, the, the finals and whatnot in convincing fashion. Um, and Vitality, always a, a growth period for Ghost and Renegades. Renegades with a stand-in, I, I really just don't give a fuck, to be completely honest with you. And Ghost, if they can't play without with Freakazoid, then that they put them in the same boat. I don't see why, why they wouldn't, though. Hey, they should be able to, right? He had some, like, passport travel issues or something to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I, I imagine think there's more in his own things, country yeah. he would be able to travel so you think there's more to it i'm pretty sure well i don't know like it just seems weird like a uh, travel complication is so vague right like yeah. i mean it could easily uh, be him either losing his passport or just like it getting expired or something yeah, but that's he's true. still going to be able to travel within the us i don't see him that's not true. being able to travel within the us right so unless it's some kind of a health issue which they probably wouldn't call some whatever travel complication or whatever the the term was so uh, I would I would imagine he's he's gonna be fine. Yeah, overall it's like the three brackets. It's like Ants Liquid, then NRG Vitality, then Renegades Ghost. I feel like it's like three tiers. Three of layers, teams. Yeah. yeah. Renegades are, can still do damage. I feel like with with Smuya. it just if if he's yeah, good. but I don't care. Like yeah, here's that's the true. thing. It's yeah. like not a long term narrative. Like, I don't give a fuck if they come here and come second. Who cares? Like, oh, cool. They put up a bit of a fight with not having five. Great. That doesn't help, like, anything for the team. It doesn't help anything for the viewer. It's just like if you're a diehard Renegades fan and you want to see them do well, it's like, yeah, cool. They made it to the playoffs. But otherwise, there's no growth for them right now. It's just like they're sitting there treading water, just going, well, I hope the fucking life raft that is Grat gets here soon so we actually practice with our proper five. If this, like, sniffs up and it starts seeming like it's going to be more of a long-term thing, then yeah, I get a bit more invested. But right now, any event where you're playing with a stand-in, I do not give a single fuck. Like, you are probably better off, in my opinion, just not being there. Because it's just like, you're wasting everyone's time. It's just, it almost, it, obviously, these can't be helped. Certain so- situations like coming to Australia, visa's too late, Grand Faction can't get a P1, they've already agreed to go to the tournaments. But as far as from a viewership storyline, seeing what you've done as a team, none of it's long-term. So it's hard to get invested in that kind of shit at all. Like it just makes it so difficult to to feel anything when you know that it's going to be there now and gone next. It's not like a major event either. Like if this, they were going into like a 16 team ESL event with shitloads of best of threes and they came top two with Tsumuya. Now we're talking. But in this yeah. situation, it's just a smaller sample size, smaller pool. So whatever, what whatever. Yeah. How frustrating is it for you, Dad? as a australian like first time there's a really good australian team like top five in the world and they get so mega fucked that they literally can't play for like two three months how shit is that this is yeah. what i was worried it's about though. It's just yeah. like i hope once it gets solved like they're just gonna come back to to where they were at least close to it because at this point like who the fuck knows like they could this could go on for for months right i mean uh, the plan is from what i talked to gratisfaction in sydney is after Dallas, they're going to Europe and they will unite in Europe and then just like boot camp for Cologne and for the major and stuff like that. So, so basically that's like three and a half months that they will, well, almost, wait, what did, what did you say after Dallas? Yeah, after Dallas. I mean, the plan was hopefully for them to qualify for a pro league, but they didn't do that. So yeah, they right. can then 
then they could bootcamp for proly, play proly for with your satisfaction. But right. since that didn't happen, that's kind of fucked. So yeah, that's the thing. Like, what's the next? What's the next European thing they they will play? Is that Cologne? Is that true? I feel like it is. Uh, Renegades, didn't, yeah. Didn't qualify for ECS because they literally didn't yeah, play yeah. it because they didn't have their five, right? Yeah, so oh, yeah, they, they have it's Cologne. Gonna, Cologne it's is be the Cologne. earliest European outside of America that they and have. And then let's say they go to Chicago, they're going to be fucked for Chicago as well, assuming he doesn't have a P1 by then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's four months. That's since the major, that's about four months that they will have without like any sort of real um, practice together in long in the long term, at least. Like they probably got some, some, um, some maybe like days or here and there, but nothing really sustainable. So that's just really, really rough for them. Because the major ended at, in March, obviously, with with them looking looking really great, looking on the up, and then since then they just got fucked. All right, everybody, Prof. as you see, Prof's just typed in the chat. If you have any questions you want to send through, send them through now because we've already got through all of our topic lists for this evening. Um, it's been a pretty busy run of Counter-Strike for everybody lately, so uh, we already did the stuff on phase. We're not going to rehash any of that. You can listen to the audio podcast. You can go back to the start of it. You can get it there. We're not a fucking record over here at the HLTV Confirmed Podcast. We give you some fresh content. I'm never, I'm never regurgitating the same shit. Just like my analyst desk segments, you know that banana control. It's a fresh, fresh take every time. <laughs> um, I'm just seeing that like people are spamming the chat about like some bugs or exploits being found. I saw that just now on Twitter actually. When while we were talking about the previous topic, I think where Hasi yeah. just tweeted a video of of you being able to to like basically reset the shape of a smoke. So it's just like you basically can have it on a key bind where it just like changes shapes and just like rotates basically. And so you can see on the edges and shit like that. And yeah. apparently it also affects um, Molotovs, as, Molotovs well. as well. They disappear so, yeah. short like for a second so you can literally see through them as you yeah, would normal. Yeah, that'll be fixed in 24 hours. Oh yeah, so, I mean yeah. this is this is the type of the thing that Valve, that as long as they are fucking alerted that this is happening and not just like um, being raised on on Twitter. That should be fixed fairly quickly, as long as they are able to like replicate it and figure. Well, not replicate it; they can just disable the fucking command. Thing. Command, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or put and it just like made, on their... made it SV cheats only, and that's the easy, easy fix, right there. Uh, one of the things that is still in the game, I'm not sure how Valve, our Valve, like notified about it, but the the fact that the smokes align differently if you're spectating someone and if you're playing. That like happens if you're like yeah, if you're playing face true. it and you're dead and you're watching someone else, or if you're in coach mode, you're watching someone. You playing. mean the smokes from client side? I think the it, I think it has literally... to do with with this command actually. Like the well, not with this command, but obviously but the shapes you can change yeah. the shape. Yeah, you can so change the fact the shape that there somehow, can be so. different shapes is something as well. Why yeah. do we have different shaped smokes? Yeah. Yep. Not sure. I know that the smoke changes throughout its transitions, right? So I guess what that bug is doing is it's skipping it through its transitions, maybe. Yeah, like, because sure, if you sit there and you watch, so maybe, yeah, maybe just make it so there isn't a transition to other shapes that it just sits there and puffs in the same spot. I mean, it would be, yeah. it would make a lot of sense just because it would just be so consistent. If it was consistent, how it transitions, like how it starts and like when it starts, whatever, on the edge, you can be seen. And then when it starts fading, like how quickly you can be seen actually through the smoke. Like if that was consistent, that would be so much, so much more helpful for players to understand how to behave in smokes and around the smokes. Because obviously at this point, like sometimes you're standing in a smoke and you think you can't be seen, but one player can see your leg or whatever yeah. like from a different angle. 
So that's the that's the awkward part about smokes right now. So for that to be cons made consistent, that would be pretty cool. No, I mean the the most bullshit thing is that there is that one clip that uh, the no chance guys I think like Sticko and someone else put up like two different POVs. It's like the guy that is playing the game doesn't see the guy. And yeah, exactly. On the other side, like someone else, like the spectator sees him, is like spam the smoke, he gets the kill. And on the other side, someone, the other guy doesn't see anything. Like the two players don't see anything, but a spectator sees it. And then you can literally die because the spectator told the player to shoot through the smoke. That is, it doesn't really happen that often, but it happens sometimes and it's, it just sh shouldn't happen. It's just yeah. really unnecessary, right? Like it shouldn't be in the game. Yeah. So this here, this here, if this uh, command has something to do with how it normally plays out, that'd be cool. They could fix two birds with one stone uh, right there. Which I mean, obviously you can cool. reset it somehow. So for for Valve to basically set for this for the smoke to just be like this one specific shape, like choose one, pick yeah. one, have it the biggest be one, be the consistent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Just if they could do that easily, I feel like that should be like an easy fix. I'm not sure. I'm not a coder, I don't know how it works, but I imagine it shouldn't be that that complicated if you can rotate through the different shapes. So hopefully that's something that can be addressed as well, although I'm not sure that they will that will be something that they will think about while fixing this issue. Alright, we got anything else good coming through here? There's a lot of questions like phase with Neo we talked about and uh, pulling out we talked about uh, someone trolling me about talking about KDN. Thank you. Uh, is there any map veto in Summit? I'm presuming there's a normal map veto. Uh, That's what I was wondering about, just because if... Well, do you know, Chad? Yeah, that'd be a veto, I'd assume. I mean, I mean it's not going to be random. Be I'm just, I'm just They're not just if... going to let teams pick either. It might be just a different veto situation. That's that's why I'm asking. Like, Is it actually going to be like a BO, BO1 veto like over and over when they play like two BO1s? Or is it going to be some weird combined shit? But to be on once points wise and shit, I don't know. So they might be able to play the same map. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like they might. Uh, we get a lot of questions here, like a, about the blast stuff or exclusivity stuff. We're gonna stay away from that. That's a conversation that takes a very long time. That's not a. There's a question about Sunny. That is a legit. That is a thought I had today. Is like Sunny What's is not playing. That is a. That is a sad fact. Like, yep. We have not seen Sunny play since. It's the the minor, right? Yeah, that's the last Should be thing. The minor. That, that's the last thing they played. I think that's that's pretty sad. Yep, but, it was the minor. But is that the right choice? Did he do the right choice by not joining Cloud Nine? I mean, depends on if it was actually so. a choice. I think it was a right the right choice, and for him to just because of where Cloud Nine are, and I don't think he would be able to change anything about what this team is doing. Yeah, uh, I if think it was just it, a one for one type of change. Dodge to bullet. I don't think you want to yeah. go there. Agreed. But the problem is, like, who who would he join at this point? Like, Ents are probably not going to be. He in may any as well rush. now wait until after the major and see where all every everything yeah, falls out. Probably. I know that it's not even that far away. And then the time that you're going to have from the end of this major and the start of the next is going to be huge. Really sucks that he has to be sitting out all this time. But it's you like know, eight maybe... months. That's pretty rough, or like seven yeah. months or something. But this is this is the thing with the contracts and the buyouts and this and yeah. that. May as well just hang around. No point signing yourself up to something where you're going to be locked in, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, obviously he has, like, a serious buyout. It might not be, like, the biggest buyout in the world, but it is, like, 100k plus, I would say, definitely. So that's yeah, something... I'd be surprised if it was When someone is buying you out for that, they're going to lock you in for, for a period of time. So 
Uh, and from that point of view, yeah, it does, doesn't make sense to go to a team that you don't believe is going to be great. So I, I don't know what the contract is in terms of when he's benched, how long he has to be benched to get out of his contract. Does his like, buyout go down or when does his contract end so he can just like walk freely? Because I feel like also FaZe must be looking towards Sunny if if he is available but the thing is like but just who, i think it's all about the money for face though could be could be one but at the same time like who would they who would they get rid of like is they are they actually looking towards like changing one of the core four i don't know about that like sure olaf and rain well rain is kind of like on the way up even olaf is, is looking a little bit better than he was like three four months ago um, but still, it's just like they, I don't think they're looking into changing like the, the main quartet. They're probably just going to swap out the, like the in-game leader if there's a better option coming up at some point or whatever. I don't think they, they will touch the, the main quartet. All right, boys, I think that's drying up a question here. We're going to close this one down. Anyone got anything they want to end with? I did not look through everything. Dota Pro Circuit, that's not going to be happening in CS, I feel like. No, there's, lots of, like vague, there's lots of questions with lots of vague, like, it's like, oh, thoughts on Optic or bought out by models. Well, there's lots of things to decompile there. So these aren't like, and to show quick little tidbits. I think that's probably be, it. Be mm? To watch for the upcoming year. That can be quick and short in the six. Um, I I has to be mouse sports. Probably, yeah. The thing is, like mouse sports, like this, mouse sports that, that question kind of implies like a, a um like a dark horse type thing, which mouse sports I don't think are anymore. Not at this point where we've already seen them play so much, and them being so successful as they have been. So it's a, I'm not sure I would go with them, but I, at the same time, I don't know about anybody else. That's that's kind of like not in the top ten, say and. And could be looking to get the thing there. is like if I say Furia, it literally will the thing if they get success that will counteract them being a successful team because it might be our because it might be our just gonna get, get their yeah. players. Yeah, that's 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 probably gonna happen. Yeah, that's true. But let let's say Furia for the next three months is a team. I'll How about watching. the new they, Navi? They, what? Like whenever the new Navi will happen, whenever Zeus actually like throws down the gauntlet and says fuck it. I think um, you're literally picking top five teams. I'm in just the world no, no, no. To I'm, just, watch. I'm just well. That's that could be like a completely different team. Like it could be like out, um, Zeus Edward out, even potentially Flamey out. Like let's say it's just an Avi around simple and electronic, a different one. Who knows how that team is gonna play? Like I'm just saying, like what's what's um, potentially gonna happen? I don't know, but it's looking towards like at least a, a two man change in Navi, like within this year potentially. Uh, I don't think that is a relevant answer to this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was just pulling There's shit. Question out about how the HLTV integration happened. I guess people no, put in work, is. and then it happened. But it, I know it took some time. For HLTV and Valve, for those of you, they obviously have a relationship. I know they they do a lot of stat stuff, so they're obviously you know quite good I mean, with all those different bits and pieces. Valve actually have relationships with people more than people. I think. Yeah. yeah, so they do talk a lot to people, especially at majors and stuff like that. So, and I know that I know that uh, at least Peter has kind of pushed for like certain changes in in the logs and stuff in order to help our stats and uh, the scorebot and stuff like that. Update that that part. 
So there have been some updates that kind of came from came from Peter. And yeah. uh, in the much less like interesting part for, for for a casual viewer or anything like that, but it's just like there have been there has been some back and forth with with us us and updates and TOs you know. have been the same guys like when TOs are yeah. doing like making their custom HUDs or whatever and like a command needs to be allowed or whatever, then Valve will check it and make sure it's all cool and give them the go ahead so they can get certain information, that kind of stuff. Valvo are actually very good. You don't need a fucking operation. Stop being a fucking parrot and repeating all the nonsense that you hear on from pro players who don't actually go into detail on why things are good or bad. Start thinking objectively. Start playing some fucking vertigo and thinking of suggestions that you can throw our way instead of just saying it's bad. Okay, one thing, fucking... one thing I'm going to say to that point, mm -hmm. right, that you just made and that, that you've kind of said on, I think it was on Twitter, where I saw you say it, or maybe it was just like in private between us. But like flaming players for for flaming vertigo basically like their their job is not to be able to identify what problems a map has right like what's how to improve some certain maps like they they're not really built this way not most of them anyway so that's that's kind of like an unrealistic expectation to to just um expect players not um well to be able to come up with with ways how to improve vertigo yeah but at least a couple of them you know with a, yeah, with yeah, a yeah. short I mean, idea of hey no, there, like... there have been people who who just kind of at least like touched on the subject and tried to figure out like what could be done it's just like obviously much more of them just say vertigo is shit to play but it's like the money situation right now right the money yeah. situation right now the way it was when it first came out it was some, there's people out there shouting from the fucking rooftops that it's going to be dog shit that's going to detract <laughs> that it's worse from for the winning team and everyone's These sitting people. there just fucking eating their cereal we, man we will it's not like, identify who those people are. <laughs> so like this is the thing that is because they're not looking and, and people go, oh, you need to give it time. There's one thing in the world that you do not need to give time and that's numbers. And because numbers are the like, th that's how we fucking have all everything. Numbers, numbers that make up everything. Maths, that's, there's a reason for it. It has a basis. You can look at it. Two plus two is four. We're not in the fucking that, that novel. What is it? 1984 or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. The numbers make sense. So this was always going to play out this way. You don't have to be a genius to theory craft how that would play out. That doesn't that doesn't take rocket science. So like these kind of things as well. Like oh, oh vertigo is a very different beast though. Like well, yeah, just sure, changing a map like, is a very different beast. Looking at looking at simple metrics like of of the map and going oh well the timings of this or the size of it if you compare it size wise to a different map you can see what it is. It's like instead of just going oh it's shit it feels cluttered. What is how do you decompile that? You go okay well if, okay well if we change the playable floor space if we change the timings of this if we make it so they have to fight over more territory if we do, those aren't crazy things to think about oh, sure. you know if they don't have the time to think about it that's fine i don't expect them to but also everybody watching right now what they do is they see a player say something and they take that shit as fucking gospel and they go oh it's shit a lot of the people playing now who you know suck the dicks of the players weren't around when overpass first came into the pool weren't around when volcano was working on nuke underscore se or was it ce whichever fucking version he did people don't remember when we played counter-strike professionally and there was fucking too much fog on the map you couldn't see from mid doors on dust 2 to t-spawn oh, this is the thing that like we've grafted through this shit and i was a player out there saying things were good and bad and whatever and why and how we could fix it back then people need to, this is what makes counter-strike such an amazing game is that it's always been 
being community driven, right? And back in the day, the yeah. professionals were the ones who changed the money system, changed the format, changed this, changed. They weren't talking in old versions of Counter Strike. If players are just going to be oblivious to it and put that check in the back pocket and not think about how we can actually improve, improve the game or improve the maps or make the system better, if it's going to take them two fucking months to get together in a players' union to send an email to Valve to ask for a change, which they didn't even get the email off before Valve made the change, what the fuck are they doing, right? This is their job. This is their future. Take a little bit of responsibility for where it's going. Don't just sit out there saying things are shit. Let's be slightly constructive. And if you right. don't have a way to be slightly constructive, that's fine. You can say it's shit. Go for it. But th th no one's being constructive. My problem is like, what are you actually, what are you doing with saying something is shit? Like, Vertigo is shit. Is Valve gonna pull the map out? Is it not gonna be at the major? No. Like Valve don't give a fuck if you're tweeting that the map is shit. I mean, it's just it's not opinion, gonna go right? out. It's, it's, it's this gonna... map is here for the next year. It like I don't see it going out f until like two majors are played on Vertigo. So just like help yourself by helping Valve. Just like make something out of it. You're not gonna do anything by just saying something is shit. It's it's not gonna change anything. It's like as you said, people just see that and they say, oh, Vertigo is being played. I'm not going to watch it. It's a shit map. It's like, and then people are not going to play it. Then Valve will have less data on it. And it's just not going to help the whole case of you enjoying yourself playing CS for a living. Anyway, let's close it down. We're done. Bad enough. We finished our topics. We've had a good evening. Guys, this was episode 17, if I can yep. count. Yep, we'll yes. be back for episode 18 next Sunday at uh 4 p.m cest uh which means i'll be getting up at probably 8 a.m uh i'll already be in in dallas at that time, time. yeah next sunday, so right? next sunday yeah. tune on in i don't know if we'll have banks with us back or not uh we'll, we'll find out with that one there we obviously have more coming from the gg bet master better segment uh any updates any news anything like that we'll bring to you if you want to listen to us in the car head over to anchor.fm slash hltv you can get the audio only podcast uh we're on spotify we're on fucking every single thing that you can fucking think of get out of here you filthy animals have a good Monday. And uh, see you next time. Watch some CS. Yeah.